0: i the cat for the bee. I'm the other. I'm the I'm the other. I'm the I'm the other. I'm the the I'm the other. i
1: i Hi, this is Vuyo from Vuyo Oya Network. Welcome to the Art Radio underscore SA. And thank you so much uh, for joining us. Welcoming us into the show and setting the mood is Fino and the title of the song is Abiyagu. This is one of the musicians and the songs That the artist featuring this week has chosen as the best to describe his creative process and the artist we're featuring this week is Ibrahim Mahama Ibrahim Mahama was born in Ghana and uh, he uses um, the transformation of materials to explore themes of commodity migration globalization and economic exchange his large-scale installations employ materials gathered from urban environments uh, such as remnants of wood jute sex which are stitched together and draped over architectural structures talking about layering history this sex are fabricated in originally they're from southeast asia and imported by the ghana cocoa boats to transport cocoa beans and eventually end up as multifunctional objects you know they they're used to transport food uh charcoal you know and other commodities ibrahim says that he finds different points of aesthetics within the surface of the sex fabric he says he is interested in how crisis and failure are absorbed into this into these materials with a strong reference to global transaction and how capitalist structures work it is such an honor and always i will always be super grateful that ibrahim um agreed to have a conversation with us because he's such a busy 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 man and um and uh, what is so exciting as well uh ibrahim is one of the artists exhibiting at the first ever ghana pavilion at the 58th venice Biennale, which is starting from today um the 11th of may 2019 until the 24th of november you do know, okay? Let me also tell you that this is not the first time, though. Um, Ibrahim is um is exhibiting at the Venice Biennale. He was there in 2015 for the 56th uh, Biennale, and guys, I'm so excited um to uh to go for you guys to listen to my conversation with Ibrahim. Uh, uh, Mahama and uh, after the conversation I'll be on the other end and then I will catch up and uh, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Ibrahim Mahama.
0: I got the money get na. Men in the I bend over to get here so I can program. When we get the I get them ba. got the I my it. not even covered. So whitey, you to be the My name is Ibrahim Mahama and I'm an artist from Ghana, Mm -hmm. I was born in the northern part uh, in a city called Tamale. it's the third largest city in Ghana, right? It has a fairly uh, average uh, community, a population of uh, about 500 something thousand inhabitants. Yeah, it's it's kind of a city that it's in. So actually that's where I live. But I also grew up in uh, Accra. Mm -hmm. uh, Under the capital. And I went to a lot of different schools because we we were trying to find the best school when I was growing. So we we ended up going through different schools with my siblings. And uh, eventually um, I went to boarding school actually at a very young age, mm-hmm. uh, when I was five, yeah, up until high school. Then I went to a Catholic school, which is Pope John, yeah, seminary. And I started, that's when I started doing art. Yeah, so I did painting, picture uh, making, and sculpture, and then general knowledge and art. And, um, that was within that period, that's when I decided that I was going to study fine arts in the university. So I, yeah, I arose to go to Kwame University of Science and Technology, which has the Faculty of Arts department. So I enrolled into the painting and sculpture department, actually, to start um, the painting program.
1: For you as an artist, what kind of an artist are you?
0: Yeah, I think you said it. Um, Contemporary artists. At least for us, that's the basis for the work that we do, because it's within in the history of art, also it's within contemporary art that a lot of freedoms were discovered and found Um, before in during the Renaissance or modern art or the art art within the academy and all that. It was very the art was very restricted and also very conservative. You needed maybe to be a white male before you would be, your work would be seen as art or mm. you would even be validated as an artist. Mm. That is within contemporary art that the mediums, the different mediums for art became a lot more liberated. Mm. And also
1: uh, the different places or cities around the world or different communities, if you like, um, also became a valid point
0: of different uh, additional centres for the experience of art. Because before you needed to go to Paris or needed to go to New York, to MoMA or to Germany in order to experience what good art, so-called good art was. But then there were so many other places in the world, countries where they were doing experiments where they were doing works that were radical, that were not really conforming to Western traditions. They were not really as such. Uh, they, more, they were more or less seen as tribal arts or art, or things that somehow uh, supported the, the idea of art, but they were not really art in themselves. So it's within really contemporary art that we begin to find and open up this discourse and also like create more freedoms. So the basis for the work that we do is always freedom. It's how do we produce work that somehow undermines the very essence of art itself, always striving to push art out of its comfort zone and expand it more and more and more and also, not just the production, but also just the, uh, also the experience and the kind of perspectives that come along with it.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much uh, for that. And um, can you tell us more about the medium or mediums you use and um, what is the symbolism behind them?
0: Um, well, before I started working with, before uh, so I started doing a lot of experimentation. I was in art school doing my MFA and I used to work because I trained as a painter for my undergrad to my MFA and then currently my Mm -hmm. PhD, it was always about trying to understand that relationship between painting and sculpture and also just the history of art, which is philosophy and everything. So I was making a lot of traditional paintings, uh, also making sculptures out of plaster and other materials. And I was mostly interested in the relationship between the material, the plaster I was using and the body, because I was doing these where I would pour plaster on the body of friends and people and then I'll take, when I'm bored, get hurt, I'll take it and make casts of it. Mm. So later, I realized that my, those, my work was so figurative and I wanted it to be a lot more figurative. there's this paradox of contradiction. Use it to bag rice, maize, millet, so many things. But they they can use it over and over again. Those things are produced a lot under intense labor, and they lose because there are no international laws such as the one on cocoa uh, and coffee on them. They can be used as many times as possible. So sometimes also it leads to different fermentations, and also the bag begins to decay. And then they patch it up, and they put. Uh, they eventually use it to transport charcoal, and then there are names that are written on it from the bodies of people who use it mm. um, who migrate from the rural areas to the city. So I came to realize that the bag somehow came to contain not just the, the labor, but the soul, and also just the idea of the figure, the figure within the bag itself. It, it almost became like a skin. Mm. So, and historically, Ghana was the largest producer of cocoa in the world in the mid-20th century. And a lot of the money that we earned from it, actually, was used in the construction of uh, public infrastructure. Roads, buildings, a lot of the modernist buildings. So that idea of modernism, somehow, is mm. this kind of commodity and the labour processes that went into it. But my question was, a piece of art or you're producing a work of art, mm-hmm. what, what, what actually goes into it or what, what is the perception around it from both the artist's point of view and also just uh, the so-called audience who are already somehow implicated within the work. So that's, So I started um, actually using architecture that was built out of the residues of these commodities like uh, silos, industrial spaces that were built out of the money of these, which were similarly. Were abandoned, so I started using them as extensions, of, mm. uh, or as a point of inspiration to start producing work. So actually, when you see the, the jutsax covering a building, and more or less looking at the relationship between the 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 the, 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 the in its in its decay, and the aesthetics and everything in relation to the history of the building and the form, because traditionally in our, in our in our history. If you were to become a successful artist, you needed to make a painting or a very traditional painting, you know. But I started asking, what the idea of a painting could be? A painting could actually be wrapping of a house, with actually a material that is decaying that has
1: accumulated all these different colors and aesthetics within its lifetime. Mm. Oh wow, interesting. And. Um, okay, that's awesome. And then um, you kind of covered, um, but it's just that I want to also um, chat about uh, the exhibition you have down. And um, and also just trying to understand also um, the reason why you I guess that because you working with material but it's just that um, you trade them over these um, architectural structures is it um, do you choose these uh, locations because they have any um, uh, historical importance or any social relevance?
0: Yes, they both both at once. Yes, yeah, so the spaces that I work with, they're both historical and also social at the same time. Mm. Because there are spaces that people use. Like, for instance, when I, there, there are a couple of, there are a lot of projects that I've done, but when I started doing these experiments, I started with this occupation series, which was basically just going around old factories and also like public spaces, sewing, engaging people and sewing the material. But the most important thing to note about the work is that it's the labor factor that goes into it. So I work a lot with uh, migrants who travel from the rural areas to the big cities to actually do work and just make ends meet. So the work actually deals with the labor that they put into their everyday work that contributes a lot to the idea of the state. But somehow their very being within the state is very much precarious, and uh, somehow always at the brink of annihilation in a way. So that's the point in which I came into the work for me. So I am more or less interested in uh, the kind of social relations that goes into the production of the artwork. Mm. So if, uh, like so, the the production of the work doesn't just happen in the studio. So for instance, there are a lot of old uh, bridges, factories, uh, the railway system that was built by the British in the late 19th century, which is still somehow active. Um, So what I do is that when I collect these materials, we go, we travel from one place to the other, to different areas, and then we actually produce the work in those spaces. And I'm mostly interested in just the the residues within those spaces. If it's in the factory where there's dirt and oil and other things, those things get transferred into the work in the process of doing it. Because you know, traditionally as an artist, if you're working in a studio, you just need a very clean studio to work in without any sense of... Um, without anything uh, obscuring the work, the process of the work. But for me, somehow, I think that those obstacles are somehow important and it extends the work in its sensibility. Yes, so, and it's also uh, it's historical relevance. So I started actually uh, producing the work from one space to the other. So, so if you look at a lot of the works that I've done or uh, through a series of images, you realize that there are some of the works that are based in factory spaces where I'm working with engineers and also the collaborators I work with within those factory spaces to bridges, to like, um, Uh, Squares in in Athens, in Saint Agnon Square, where most of the process normally happens, we actually use there as a site of production where we were producing the works in those places. Mm. So yeah, so the labor, the labor process of having to produce to do something else, or the site itself is very, very important as the yeah, as the buildings that they end up covering in a way. And I think also there's something really interesting about when you cover something, all of a sudden it gives it a very different position and a very different meaning. Mm-hmm. And yes. once you take that cover off, it takes on a different form again. And once you cover it again, so I think that the idea of covering something is not just about covering, but also brings forth, brings into bear a lot of things. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. a lot of things that probably were into evidence or clear before. And I think, for me, that's what I'm mostly interested in, this act of covering something. But at the same time, it's more or less an act of revelation.
1: Yes. OK, awesome. And um, I was just curious, do you, do you use um, the same sex all, on all these exhibitions you know, like, um, um, you know, in different countries? So do you have to transport them to wherever you're exhibiting?
0: Yes. So actually, what happens is that um, when a material is produced and it's transported for an exhibition, like some exhibitions, major exhibitions that have happened in the past in Europe, before that, the material was used significantly to cover different buildings in Ghana. I use the same materials again and again because I'm also interested in how the material somehow turns the. The, the building that it covers into another kind of commodity. Because traditionally the material is used to transport, mm. like the commodities, one bag at a time. But when you begin to stitch it together into a big whole material, it somehow begins to cover entire structures. So um, the, because I remember I said that the residues of these yes. uh, commodities were used in building that. Yes, yeah, so somehow it goes back into a dialogue of re-looking at that residue in a different way. So I, when it goes to Europe and it covers one museum space, the next time there is a different project it's either the work is expanded or reevaluated for another project. So like for instance, the work in Milan actually has covered um, more than uh, 50 different spaces before eventually covering that space. So when you begin to uh, look into the work deeply, you realize that there are so many relations that are already within even the aesthetics of it. Because some parts of the work are faded. And they are not just faded because they are, because they were probably installed on a building for maybe seven months. Mm -hmm. And the rain and the water and everything just faded. It sucks. And also like turned the colors. So I, it's not just for me, it's not also just about the Philosophical or conceptual concerns that comes from the work, but also just the physical, the pragmatic things, like how does the work behave in space and how does it be when it's moved from one space to the other. So those are some of the things that also preoccupies the work.
1: Okay. Okay, that's awesome. I, I guess it makes sense because uh, when I read uh, somewhere um, that you're more interested in how crisis and failure absorb into, uh, into the material and uh, with a strong reference to global transactions and how capitalist, structure, uh, how capitalist structure work. So that makes so much sense. And you know what I'm so interested in because I saw the, um, the fragments work yeah and for me, I was just thinking how do you do you, when you pack it because that's the reason why I'm was asking uh if you're using the same mediums you know you've been using on all the other exhibitions, which makes sense, but it's just that um the fragments one is quite um <laughs> hard the installation of it, so do you bring it in in, in pieces and have to install it everywhere you um, you exhibit
0: yes. Wow. So the work has brought in us and the and, and yes, small for objects. So the thing is that for the last five years, I spent a lot of time working on many different ideas um, because the practice is very broad. Uh, the juice sucks. For some reason, I decided to stay with it for quite a while because it gave me the comfort to just experiment in the studio and try other things which I wasn't really ready to share. So it was during the Fragments exhibition that I decided to show that work. And I've been doing it as long as I've been experimenting with the jute before I started showing it publicly. So it's basically consisted of these old boxes, which I've been collecting from um, like local migrants who make these boxes out of wood and other things they find in the city and then they go around polishing shoes. And I was mostly interested in the form and also the sound element and also the, the just the, the sheer contradiction of the box and the relationship between the owners and all that. Mm. So we, there's a lot of construction process within it. So part of the work came out of uh, using old industrial materials. So like going to old industrial spaces and collecting materials, like a lot of the residues from the railway that was used in the 20th century and using it in the production of it, because that's what I was talking about, the idea of painting. For some reason, I'm very much interested in, yeah, like, when some of the objects I produce, they're so close in their uh, aesthetics to the original, like, for instance, the boxes. It's not every single box I collect. All the books, I try to collect all of them, but there's some of them also that I produce. Mm-hmm. But I produce them out of these industrial materials. The aesthetics are so close to the original boxes, which I used over years. So when you see it, actually, it's very difficult for you to tell the difference between that and this. It's just like the sacks in themselves. It's not every sack that is old. Some of them I deliberately dye and paint and then um, um, put their silk screen on them. But it's because of the aesthetics and the way it's done. So, and the, the method of production. It somehow brings it very close in its uh, aesthetics to the originals, and I think it's also an original in itself. It's just the dialogue, and then also the the the, the discourse around those that I was trying to somehow play with. Yeah. So the boxes are transported mostly in containers mm. around the world, and then when they arrive, they are pieced together.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That is quite awesome. It's quite, it's interesting as well because it's um. It's, it's, it's like humans as well, um, if you think about it, it's uh, because we, you know, you travel, you meet a lot of people, you know, even it's like our bodies, you know, if they could talk, um, they have, you know, these stories to tell. So it's, um, it's similar yeah. to that. It's quite interesting. It's quite interesting. And um, and um, I just want to also uh, chat to you because I saw on the uh, on your Instagram page while I was talking you. <laughs> uh, what is uh-huh. what is SCCA Tamale?
0: Um, so SCCA Tamale is uh, an institution which I just opened in Tamale. Actually, it's been five years since I started working on it. Mm. So basically, it's an art space, the Contemporary Art Centre, which is uh, dedicated to art that emerged from the 20th century, that inspired a lot of artists and also practitioners. So it's not just art. We we, we use, As I said before, we are, I'm mostly using contemporary art as a basis of freedom. Mm. So um, we are also interested in... Um, architects, musicians, uh, filmmakers, writers, Um, yeah basically there are a lot of different um, all disciplines of art basically all disciplines Mm -hmm. yes yes engineering so the idea is that um, we would because in our history, very little work has been done to somehow contextualize the practices of artists and people who have done uh, architects and people who have done very significant work in was the building that the, the idea of the state, um, and not just in Ghana but also across the region and also in Africa in general. So the idea was to build this space, and the space was inspired by the industrial spaces that I was talking about. That inspired my work, mm. the production of the work. So I wanted to build a space. Originally, it was conceived actually as a studio space. Mm. Later on. I decided that I would use it more as uh, an expression space. So there is, um, and it's not just the only space currently, there are about four spaces and that's the first space that we completed. So I'm hoping that by the end of the year, I would uh, open start to open up the other spaces. And uh, yeah, it's really exciting because those other spaces um, would also present different work. So we're thinking about doing simultaneous exhibitions going forward. The idea is to have maybe about 10 to 20 buildings in the future like that Mm. where we can have multiple exhibitions invite international artists, artists within the continent to uh, uh, present work. Um, uh, And it's not just related to art, I've also been collected just a a lot of different things, objects, so like aircraft, Mm. uh, uh, objects from the railway, uh, archive and history, um, the idea is to produce a space that somehow inspires the generation that are yet to come beyond what just the formal qualities of art is. So it's contemporary art as a basis, but I'm also interested in all kinds of things in technology, in archaeology, in traditional history. Yeah, so it's more or less a, a, a museum or a space. I wouldn't necessarily call it a museum, but it's a small, lesser space that somehow tries to use the objects that exist
1: within the world. It is, and it's open to anyone and everyone in your community. You know, to um, to come through yes. and, and, and look through it. Yes. Um, you know. Yes. I, I it's get, free. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you continue.
0: It's free. It's free. It's a free space, so there is it's there is no fee. You, all you, and it's open from morning till eight in the evening every day, apart from Friday. So the idea is to encourage people to find, like, to spend time somehow. In like, we also built a library mm. with, as part of the space. So the idea is to create a space that encourages people to also experience culture in very different forms, aside just watching films and also just. Uh,
1: Staying on your phones and going for programs. That is, you know, um, I guess you you answered um, my last question of what is the legacy you want to leave behind. Um, SCCA is something that actually, and I feel like we need in you know in remote areas like rural villages to inspire you know young kids to um, to also have that platform to express you know themselves. So, um, well done. That's amazing. <laughs>
0: No, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's really important because at some point when in practicing as an artist we get somehow consumed within the art world because um, you become somehow famous for the work that you do and uh, you seem to produce work that is consumed heavily by the market. But there is a dying or burning question. There should be a burning question within us about the relevance of the work that we're doing. And for me, I think that the work isn't as successful as it is, it claims to be, until it somehow changes the underlying of the space that is coming from. Mm. And for me, I thought that the idea of infrastructure is very important. So as an artist, ever since I started producing five to six years ago, I've always been thinking about what kind of legacy the work leaves behind, not just the work in, how it's collected by museums in Europe and in America and other places, but also about how the work in itself transforms the space that it's coming from or contributes towards the, mm. the new perspectives within the space it's coming from. Mm. And so that's why when I was, when I started looking at industrial spaces for the expansion of my work mm. within its presentation, its aesthetics and its politics, I was also thinking that uh, true politics Actually, it's what happens once the work converts itself from something that almost seems to have no value into value into money. The money almost becomes it becomes another material to play with. So yes. then experimenting, building spaces, uh, intervening in uh, communities, buying land which have been used to build apartmental or high rise buildings or something, mm. using it as farms. Or, yeah, you see, or using it as a studio space where there is a different kind of logic between the relation between uh, artistic production and yeah, so all those things were questions, burning questions that I was asking myself: are How does an artist position himself within all this, and how do we eventually uh, contribute towards our communities in such a way that it becomes the perception of it becomes very different from what it was before? So. It's a journey. It's really uh, yeah. Well done. Doing this, uh, covering 22 different buildings across two different yes. parts of the country. Yeah. So it's a film that I made in the process of doing the work. And uh, the film is about the realization of the, the, the different relations between the buildings and also the aesthetics and the labor. The labor that went into the production of the work. So it's more or less about highlighting the labour of the production. So I, and the title of the work in um, the Novo Foundation was Labour of Many. So I think the film would somehow uh, highlight it because a lot of people who had seen the work in the Novo Foundation asked a lot of questions about their production of the work and also why the work is the way it is within its uh, formal qualities. So I thought that the film, uh, presenting this film in the fair, would somehow Expand upon this idea yeah mm. of the work, yeah, the process that it goes through, which was actually really interesting because a lot of people liked the idea that, that there was a film that was presented rather than like a, a traditional artwork that they would have come to the fair to see because the film wasn't for sale so mm. so it was uh, it was an, it was an important decision yeah to, to have made
1: well. That's awesome. So um your your your, your the Novel Foundation, You work at the Novel Foundation, because it was um yeah. a few days before um before the art fair, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So um and then the film um the film was it also screened at the uh, at the art fair?
0: The film. Yeah. Yes, the film was screened at the art fair.
1: Oh, okay. Okay, cool. And um, where can we find it if we want to watch it? Uh, is it online somewhere?
0: No, it's not online, but I'm trying to, I'm working on the website currently, so I would, I would upload it once I'm done.
1: Okay, and then your work that is currently at the Novel Foundation, because it's there until 11th August, right? Yes, yes. Uh, is, is the film also there or not, not there?
0: No, the film is not there. But it's a book. There is a book called "The Exchanger Stranger," actually.
1: Oh, awesome! Uh,
0: yeah, on the on the work which is at the local foundation.
1: Oh, awesome! At least people then can, um, if they are lucky enough to be in Cape Town, then they can go and 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 check it out. And yes. um, so um, I know that uh, you know you've got your uh, social media page, and if you can um, let us know, you know uh, where people can go, like uh, to see your work.
0: Um, I'm. I don't have a website yet, I'm very terrible <laughs> as an artist doing it. Um, but I, I guess mostly if you just go online and you google Ibrahim Bahama, or oh. you go to my two galleries, a Palazzo Gallery uh, in Italy, or White uh, Cube in London, if you just visit your website, there's a lot of information. But also there's so many articles, online interviews, mm-hmm. um, uh, videos, yeah, so if you just Google Ibrahim Mahama, artist, you have to add the artist to it because there are so many Ibrahim Mahamas, and the most famous one is a,
1: the is a, very, rich,
0: a very rich man in Ghana. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah.
0: So so... If you Google my name without the artist, you would think that I'm a millionaire.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, what are you working on at the moment? Was there another exhibition um, that you... Uh... Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, there are so many projects I'm working on. Um, um For now, the SEC is the most important thing I'm working on. So, like, I, as I said before, I've been collecting quite a lot of things, and mm. these old aircraft that I've been collecting as part of the institution building. Mm-hmm. So, currently, yeah, I have been able to collect, like, five of them. So I'm just working on uh, with engineers to dismantle and transport it. Already transported one, which Mm -hmm. is quite a huge task because it's a really big aircraft, Um, about 400 and something seater. So Mm. you can imagine.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. And uh, yeah, but the other ones, uh, I I like the other ones more because they are more beautiful. Some of them were produced as back, and one of them was produced as far back as in 19. 46 mm. after the second world war, so it's wow. a very rare engine that comes from Poland. So, I am also really in seeing, I'm looking forward to seeing how the kids somehow interact because they are working aircraft, so the engines can be turned on mm. and then you can experience it on all of this form. So, um, yeah, and um, I'm working on the Venice Biennale. So, I'll be going to Venice to install the work and also for the preview in uh, early May. And then I have a big exhibition in Manchester at the Westworld, which is a big museum in uh, Manchester. So, it seems to be one of the most important works of the year so far. And it's a very new work. I've never shown any of that work before. Oh, my God. It's, uh, yeah, so it's. it more or less deals with the history of the railways in relation to the UK and all that because I've been traveling around the world, doing some research for that and collecting a lot of objects. It's a very, very different work. None of that work has I've ever been shown before. Mm-hmm. So, and it's a very, yeah, so I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how it works. It's it titled The Parliament of Ghosts. And it's actually um, uh, the, the main work in the exhibition. It's an, it's an actual parliament which we are constructing so and it's wow. uh, the seats from the parliament are from the seats the original seats from the trains that were used in the, in the colonial days which are collected uh, over a period of time oh. and uh, also archives and like a lot of like uh, objects from like the trains like parts of it so it's like it's yeah and it's, and it's going to be a performative work so mm-hmm. the idea of the state so it's a very it's a very direct political work Wow, and I also did that in relation in response to the Brexit.
1: Hi, guys, uh, welcome back, and I hope that you enjoyed. Uh, my conversation with uh, Ibrahim Mahama and I can't wait uh, to hear your comments guys I just want to go back because this is really a big deal uh, because it's the first ever Ghana Pavilion at the Venice Biennale as I mentioned it earlier on but just to touch a little bit on it um, the Ghana Pavilion is titled Ghana Freedom the exhibition examines um the legacies and trajectories of the nation's independent in 1957 and is curated by nana Oforiata Ayem ayim and designed by the architect himself say david ajay you know one of my um Favorite quotations from uh Tata Mandela, Tata Nelson Mandela is uh what counts in life is not the mere fact that we have lived, it is what difference we have made to the lives of others that will determine the significance of the life we laid. You know, that's why for me I'm super uh you know i'm um, taking my head off to uh ibrahim for his uh initiative he is so impressive you know and it's called uh the savannah center for contemporary um for contemporary art in uh in tamale in ghana and um it's s-c-c-a-t-a-m-a-l-e the savannah center for contemporary art in Tamale, ghana so this is an artist run project space, an exhibition space, a research hub, and an artist residency. This is ibrahim 's latest contribution towards the development and expansion of the contemporary art scene in his own town of course um, ibrahim you know he is a world-renowned artist and uh for for me i've got so much respect for him that uh, he doesn't just want to be famous and he wants also to provide a platform for his community so that they can have a space whereby they can um you know learn about their cultures and then also you know uh be able to have a space whereby they can um expand and learn if they want to be artists so this is super impressive you have to check it out so it is um the website is s c c a t a m a l e .org it's s c c a tamale .org and then on instagram they are s c c a tamale oh and also you can check out uh ibrahim mahama on instagram and his handle is ibrahim mahama number three ibrahim mahama three number three and of course as he mentioned earlier on you can also google him just make sure that you put ibrahim mahama artist and you can check out most of his work and of course it's always like this when you're having a lot of fun. And it's that time that I have to go. It's been so much fun. And then, guys, please give yourselves a big kiss from me. I really appreciate your support. And then I really appreciate your feedback. And you'd have no idea how much fuel your love and your comments, you know, are putting um in this little, little, little little fire of ours that we're trying to build and uh with that I'm gonna leave or close the show with um the other artist uh another musician that uh Ibrahim has selected as best describe his creative process and his name is Makaya Dede and the title of the song is handkerchief guys if it's your first time here welcome and and uh, you can follow us on our social media page which is at radio underscore sa at radio underscore sa lots of love fuyo has loved the building and thank you so much ibrahim mahama Bye. <laughs> I'm gonna make you